0: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom the way tire buying should be.
6: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
7: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, for Tuesday, September 27th. And boy, oh boy, a lot of people across this country this morning are saying, wow, Cooper Rush ain't that bad because Cooper Rush put on a show in the second half and He's now 3-0 and as the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. Two wins this year, one last year against the Vikings. And the Cowboys, after losing the opener, looking dreadful against Tampa, then losing their quarterback, are somehow 2-1 and in great shape to go to 3-1 because this week they play the Washington Commanders. I got to say, listen, I-, I think a lot of us wrote off Dallas when Dak went down. I'm not trying to say there's a quarterback controversy, but the numbers don't lie. Cooper Rush is simply not making mistakes. Look what he did last week against the Bengals. 61% completions, touchdown, 7.6 yards per attempt, only sacked once against the Giants. 67% completions, touchdown, 6.9 yards per attempt. But most importantly, not sacked, and after the Saquon Barkley touchdown run, that put the Giants up 13-6, right? The crowd's all juiced up. They're like, all right, we got this, Giants. We're going to 3-0. Saquon's back to being the guy we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. Cooper Rush comes down the field. Bing, bang, boom, touchdown. Giants get stopped. Dallas gets the ball back. Cooper Rush, again, down the field. Touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. I got to give it to Kellen Moore. Two awesome play calls. They got a bit of a favorable spot. On the fourth down pass to C.D. Lamb. But I was thoroughly impressed with Cooper Rush. And I don't know how you can't be. This is a guy with almost zero pedigree. I, I, I can't find the story, but I'm almost certain. Cooper Rush was released by Dallas in August. And they were down to one quarterback due to some moves around the roster. And then they, of course, brought Cooper Rush back. Undrafted out of Central Michigan. Big red-headed dude. Steps in and just makes plays. And again, he's not Josh Allen. Nobody's expecting him to be. Nobody's expecting him to come out there and be Patrick Mahomes. They're riding Cooper Rush and a nasty defense. They sacked Daniel Jones five times. I saw this stat. They pressured him 24 times. And it ain't just Micah Parsons. DeMarcus Lawrence had a hell of a game. And this, of course, on the heels of last week's performance against the uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, where they dropped Burrow a ton they, did, they, sh- they They basically kept Cincinnati out of the end zone uh, until late in the game. So Dallas now has sacked Burroughs six times, Daniel Jones five times. And I know it's not sexy, but when you can win a close, low-scoring game with defense and no mistakes, like Mike McCarthy's got to be thrilled because, folks, the last time we saw Dallas at the end of last season, it was a mistake-filled game. The penalties, the Dak Prescott draw, the clock running out. It was a comedy of errors, and everybody knew McCarthy was on the hot seat. I think I was on Cowherd's show the day after they lost to the Bucks, and I said, boy, McCarthy, I wonder if he's talking to real estate agents. 0-1, and your quarterback goes down. Michael Gallup, still not playing for Dallas. It sounds like he practiced all week, and he was anticipating going, and at the last moment, they held him out. But just a super impressive all-around performance from the Dallas Cowboys. They remain just a game back of Philadelphia in the NFC East. And, folks, this Dallas defense is for real. I know we joked about Trayvon Diggs getting lit up. It looked like he dropped an interception uh, in the third quarter on the sideline. But the defense, the front, 13 sacks in three games leading the NFL. Parsons, Lawrence. This is a nasty front, Rob G. I'll say this. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys are one of the three most surprising teams in the league through three weeks. I think Miami being three and0 is, is a massive surprise to me. I don't want to say the Eagles because we kind of predicted that here on the show if you listened to us in August, we knew that they were going to be good. but I think from a, from a positive perspective, I would have to say the Miami Dolphins being three and0, the feisty Detroit Lions, even though they're one or two, they're a massive surprise to me. and then the Dallas Cowboys at two and one with no Dak Prescott.
8: Yeah, I mean, I can't say we saw this one coming. I mean, I look like a straight-up fool by saying that the Cowboys should be less concerned about this upcoming season and more concerned with the C.J. Stroud sweepstakes when Dak Prescott got hurt because obviously we had no idea that we had a Cooper Rush, a.k.a., what, the second coming of Jimmy G, just coming in and stealing a starting job from somebody because he's so impressive coming off the bench.
7: Speaking of Jimmy G, Rob, didn't one of us—might have been me— Say that the Cowboys should look at, at Jimmy G. It after was that you, went down?
8: yeah. I, that's right. And who knew that they had his, they had him? They had him all along. I mean, he's not flashy. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's not super athletic. But I guess unlike Jimmy G, he makes good decisions. They're both pretty accurate with the football. And the the biggest compliment you can give a backup in any sport, but especially as a backup NFL quarterback, the moment doesn't seem to be too big for him. He looks comfortable. Yeah, He was on Monday Night Football, a primetime game. He looked like he belonged out there. He looked a hell of a lot more comfortable than Daniel Jones, looking like a lot of him in the pass rush. But he looked fine. And I don't want to say it, but I might say it, Jason. We could have a quarterback controversy no, brewing no, no. The, I, in see, Dallas like Jerry Jones said he no wanted. Chance.
7: Jerry just wants us talking about him. Everybody knows that. Again, Cooper Cup's going to be fine against Washington and the Giants and maybe even a, a, a barely playoff team like, like the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they had a deep run last year, but come on. Be realistic. Um, I know you don't even deep down believe that. You don't pay dad no. all that money, no. and then you make a quarter. Like, it's fun to talk about, and guess what? Shows are going to discuss it because guess what? It's the Dallas Cowboys, and, and people have like, opinions on the Cowboys, even if they don't like them. It, it's weird how people uh, kind of love them now, and we joked like, hey, man. This Dak injury puts Cooper Rush in prime time. A couple weeks from now, they got the Rams, I think, in like an island. Maybe not an island game, but it's, it's a, it's a prime profile game, Rams-Cowboys. And it's like, gross. But you know what? Cooper Rush is not making mistakes. And Michael Gallup, who didn't play, now they're saying he, he will be expected to play next week. They should get Dalton Schultz back so the offense won't look like it's running in molasses. Because it does a lot of the time. And I just got to give a quick shout out to my main man, Tony Pollard the most underrated running back in the league. I, I don't see Rob. This is one of the things that irks me on that fourth down play that I referenced earlier where CD lamb, caught it at the sticks and got drilled and they gave it to him. Tony Pollard wasn't even on the field. And to me after CD lamb, he's the most dynamic player they have on offense. Now I know Noah Brown has a thing with Cooper rush because they, you know, practice squad guys or whatever, but I'm just going to rattle off the other guys who caught passes for Dallas. Peyton Hendershot, I swear to goodness, I've never heard that guy's name in my life. Jake Ferguson, Simi Fehoko, Jalen Tolbert, the draft pick who was supposed to be something. And, and, and you're telling me any of those guys are more explosive and dynamic than Tony Pollard, who had f- 13 carries for a, 105 yards, 46 was his long. So even if you remove, you say, oh, he had one long run. No, he had, at that point, 12 for 59 which basically works out to better than Zeke Elliott's 15 for 73, okay? Like, Tony Pollard is the guy who should be getting the rock. I'm just telling you, when they get Dak back, I think we need to put this team, and again, it's early, and you don't want to make sweeping conclusions over beating a sad sack Giants team, but when you throw Dak in here, and you add Gallup, and you add Dalton Schultz, I think he got some. I, I, this, in the NFC, which is not looking particularly great, Rob. Uh, let's be realistic. The Vikings have not looked impressive. They need a massive comeback. We know the Packers are going to be there. We know the Bucks are going to be there. Rams are not particularly murdering teams. Uh, like, I, I, is, what is Dallas? Maybe at full strength? Like, I don't know. Is Dallas better than San Fran? Is Dallas better than Arizona? I think they definitely are at full strength. But then again, Arizona's got to get DeAndre Hopkins back. New Orleans has been a letdown. There's some chirping about Jameis going on. Um, I mean, hell. Chicago Bears are a fraudulent two and one team. I don't know, Rob. There's a case that Dallas is still a top five team in the NFC when they get all their guys back. And two weeks ago, we were saying they're cooked, they're toast. This league is incredible.
8: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say that they are that good as far as top five in the NFC. Um, Give me, give me your top five uh, in in no particular order, right? Yeah, let's throw it out there. Um, Eagles. Packers. Okay. Okay. Bucks. That's three.
7: That's three. Rams. (laughs) Okay. Rams.
8: Four. Vikings.
7: Okay. I mean, uh, you know, Vikings looked awesome. And first, I I talked about this last week on the pod. First impressions, Rob. Week one, Vikings come out and they smack the Packers around at home. What did they do in week two? They got their asses kicked by the Eagles. Kirk Cousins turned into a pumpkin. And then what they do in week three? They trail the Lions for ninety percent of that game, before some late comeback thanks to Dan Campbell screwing up, and, and they get the win. I, Vikings, Cowboys, uh, Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? Who you trust in there in a big spot?
8: Uh, neither one. Yeah, mean, I mean, if I mean, any <laughs> history is any indication, neither one of those guys going to play well. That's
7: that where you probably side with the Dallas defense, right, Micah Parsons, Yeah, yeah. I guess Tim if Marcus you if you
8: had to if you had to really parse it down, it would be the Dallas defense because they've proven to be. Very stout. They've been. They. It's funny that a Jerry Jones led team, and it is a Jerry Jones led team because he makes all the decisions. He drafts all the players. He he basically is the de facto head coach as well. Because you know, I don't think Mike McCarthy actually makes any real decisions out there. It's Kellen Moore calling the offense, and what is it, Dan Quinn calling the defense? And it's because Jerry Jones handpicked those two guys to do those two jobs. So it's it's just surprising to me that Jerry Jones who loves the flash and the sizzle and all the highlights with the you know game breaking wide receivers and the the high profile quarterback and the running running back that's an always an all pro or a pro bowl conversation that they would be led by a defense that they that that whatever however far they go this season whether it's with Dak Prescott or my man Cooper Rush I, You're I'm going to cape for him from now on he's my guy well, however they go is going to be because of that defense and that pass rush it's very similar to what the Tampa Bay Bucks did in Tom Brady's first season I know Brady got all the headlines because he's Tom Brady obviously but during that Super Bowl run they, they won games because their pass rush was overwhelming teams Tom Brady threw three second half interceptions in the NFC Championship game it didn't matter because the Packers could not move the ball that well throughout the game against that Bucks defense and I think that's kind of what the Dallas Cowboys are going to be hoping for the rest of the season.
7: Yeah, I'm, I'm go- looking back at that week one game against Tampa when Dallas got bit, uh, just destroyed. Uh, they got Brady twice, but they couldn't stop the run. Leonard Fournette had a buck 27. Um, n- no explosive plays. They just ground them into dust. Now they did have Mike Evans. They had Julio. They had Godwin. So they had options in the secondary. The New York Giants... I mean, Kenny Galladay, with that brutal drop in the fourth quarter, uh, he's not long for New York. I saw a note from, I think, Breer or Rappaport that the Giants are trying to trade him, but there's, like, no takers. Um, incredible fall for that guy. But it's like Sterling Shepard. Did you see that stupidity when he came off the bench to get in someone's face when Daniel Jones got hit yeah, on the sideline? I, I could not believe that.
8: Like I did, but I'm going to choose not to say anything negative about Sterling Shepard because it looks like he tore his ACL in oh, a non-contact injury. That, oh, that's what all the reports are early this morning. Uh, they, they That's Last cruel. night, they said that he left the game, and it was uh, going to undergo testing, but the overnight Twitter doctors are, are suggesting that it's a torn ACL. Yeah, so I hadn't
7: seen that. Um, I don't want to pile on. It's just, it's like, you know, Kadarius Tony's always hurt, and Kenny Galladay, they're trying to get out of town. It's like, all these, a lot of guys making excuses for Daniel Jones. But that play on the sideline where Shepard came off, like, Jones got hit out of bounds. It's a 15-yard penalty, and he got the first down. So you're looking at first and 10, probably around like the 20, 25 yard line. And then Shepard like runs off the bench, gets in someone's face. And the ref's like, wait, what are you doing out here, dude? And he threw, so it was negating penalties. It was basically a do over. And and I was stunned, absolutely stunned. That that, that was kind of a crippling play because they uh, ended up, um, I'm not exactly sure what happened that drive. I I just think it ended like with a punt, uh, non-factor, but Giants just can't get it right on the outside.
4: And then they're never at any of those. Never,
2: yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, "See, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you t- why are you He's telling the one me the whole time?" <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. Winter's coming here in LA. That means more rain for others. A wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires. They bring new tires to your home or work, install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, see their Vreda Stein test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
5: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee Championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: Rob, I quickly want to pivot from the NFL to the NBA. Listen, I know it's football season, but it was NBA media day. On Monday, so everybody's timeline was full of Kevin Durant quotes, Kyrie Irving quotes. They're meeting the media, LeBron. There was a big story from Woj on Russell Westbrook and 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 the Lakers. I don't know, Rob. I'm just curious how much of you did of this? Did you ingest? Because you know Mondays for me are recapping what just went down in the NFL, preparing for Week Four. Um, I added a couple bets. We could talk about them for NFL, but I'm just curious where you are. On the NBA stuff because I know you're a big NBA hoophead. You love your ball.
8: I do. Um, You know what? Normally, I don't really pay attention to Media Day because it's always the same thing. Like, I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, we just got to stay together. Uh,
7: James Harden lost 100 pounds. Yeah, like
8: that kind of stuff. It doesn't move me in any kind of way. Um, But unlike you, during the day, I'm usually working from home, prepping for this podcast. You know, either looking up stories or the radio show that we do at night. And so I just have the TV on in the background, kind of like as, as white noise. And the Lakers media day was on, obviously. And one thing that did catch my ear, you know, could, as much as I was listening, was they asked Darvin Hamm about Russell Westbrook, obviously. He asked him about a lot of questions. And one thing that they asked him was about, hey, since Russ is still on the team, is he guaranteed to be your starting point guard? <laughs> And Darvin Ham did not say yes. Now of he didn't flat not. out. He didn't say no. You know, he just said, "Hey, we got a lot of ways to, we can go with our lineup. We got a lot of options. We got a lot of point guards. Listed all the guys, gave them all compliments." But I just thought that was interesting, given how when Darvin Ham got hired, how pro Russ he was, and and f- pretty much guaranteed at his own introductory press conference. Yeah, Russ is absolutely still the starting point guard on this team, and <laughs> suddenly he's not. So, I thought that was interesting.
7: Well, again, like at this point, what is Russ going to do? He can't get all huffy and I need to talk to you. This doesn't work. Like he knows this is it. Listen, if the Lakers trade him, and the team that makes the trade, you know, gets the draft picks and then cuts Russ or says thanks, we we don't need you, who's picking him up? Like he's not going anywhere. So he's got to fall in line. If he's playing five, ten minutes a game, he's got to be okay. Listen, whatever whatever the team needs. Now, if they're winning, I don't think he's going to say anything. But if the Lakers right. are losing and he's not playing, <laughs> it's going to be a problem.
8: Right. But- now, now uh, we, we know a lot of the same people, especially the p- people have been on this podcast. You know, we've had Johan Buha. We've had Arash Markazi. They were all there. And they're all there covering the Lakers. And this is not to disparage any of them because they're all great at what they do. But you know that when you are a beat writer, usually for a team or you cover a team, you never want to be too not going to say critical or negative, but it's just like you understand how the game works. Like you're never going to go out of your way to trash the team or a player because you know that ultimately your access depends on your coverage. And there are certain teams. I don't know if the Lakers have done this as far as I can remember, but there are other teams where it's like, Hey, if you're going to, I think the Knicks are a perfect example. People who have dissed James Dolan suddenly get their credentials revoked. Like that's, that's happened before. And so, None of the people who cover the Lakers on a day-to-day basis at anything of this sort. There's just one person who I know who does not work in media, works in another capacity, but happened to be at Media Day. And that person told me, or told someone who told me, that there was a certain kind of buzz in the room regarding Russell Westbrook, that you could almost feel how uncomfortable it was for everybody else because they knew number one, they had tried to trade him. Number two, it looked like he wanted out if you believe what his agent said. And number three, it looks like even though he's on the team now, he's not long for the team. And so everybody kind of has to go out of their way to pump up Russ or to say the right things. Even he had to say a lot of the right things. Pat Beverly called him his best friend on the team, but it was. They said it was just kind of awkward. <laughs> Wait, Patrick was,
7: Beverly actually said that
8: he did say that. So it was just you know th- that person again. It's just one person uh, who does not a reporter. Just was happened to be there. Said that they just felt very awkward around Russell Westbrook.
7: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, listen, I think we've all been in positions in in our careers where it's been like a, an awkward spot. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. You know, I was on a show. A daily show for like two years at fs1 and then things happen people try to do power plays and um, you know next thing you know i'm kind of the odd man out on the show and you know the show was really going nowhere and um but it was it was still awkward i would be in the building doing other stuff and i would see people who work on the show and we would say what up and talk and i mean i played basketball with these guys in a league like i was friends with these guys and i just wasn't on the show and, and it was like unspoken. There was nobody ever said anything about it. It was just right. friggin' awkward. And ultimately, like, that surprised the hell out of me. And I played the good soldier. Hey, I, I'm here to show up and do my job. You guys need me to do this? I'll go on this show. You need me to st- do this streaming show? You need me to write this? I'll do that. And then next thing you know, the guys who kind of rub me out end up getting rubbing out. And then, you know, I come back in a favor. And it's just, it's weird. So unfortunately for us, Rob, I don't think the guys who are trying to rub him out are going anywhere because LeBron, LeBron ain't going nowhere. Right, exactly. And I, I I don't really know. Like, listen, Russ is a proud dude. This is an, a former MVP. You know, it's not like I had ever had my own TV show before, and I and I could just stand up and thump my chest and be like, hey, I was I'm trying to trying to, you know, strong arm me. You know, but at this point, I think Russ is starting to realize, like, okay, I see what I see what it's about. You know, I'm sure this is extremely humbling for him. Um I, you know, he said he's got kids and and people are saying, calling him kids, kids, Westbrook at school. And that ain't easy, man. Yeah, That's, it
8: certainly is not easy. You know, and well, I think you and I agree. The Lakers would be better off if Russell Westbrook wasn't on the team. Like, yeah, it's, just certainly. A, it's just a bad fit. They just can't do it. They, they're, right. They're, you know. But I think what gets lost in the sauce a little bit is there's a lot of people. I know I'm one of them. I don't know if you are. I guess you can speak to it yourself that kind of feels bad for Russ in in that he was brought in and he's only played one way for a decade plus. And they asked him to do something that – become something that he's not. And because he could not do that or is unwilling to do that, suddenly he's the bad guy. When you should be upset with the Lakers front office, clutch sports, LeBron and AD, who try to convince themselves that a Tiger could change his stripes. And I just th- I, it kind of feels bad for Russ in that sense to me.
7: Uh, I I largely agree with that. I think we've discussed this on the pod before that I felt bad for Russ. But here's the only problem with that, Rob. Like, okay, let's say the Lakers had not traded for him, would he still be in Washington? Because I think that's where he was when they traded for him, right? Washington. Yeah,
8: I mean. Probably because they don't have a young point guard. Like they don't have a guy in place where you're like, hey, we got to clear out. And he did for
7: get him. them to the playoffs. I think he did. Seed.
8: It was mostly because, like, I know people say like, oh, but Bradley Beal was there. Like, yeah, Brad Beal was there. But if you look at all the stats, Russell Westbrook went on an absolute tear post All Star break to get them from like 12th all the way up to seventh.
7: And it was it was probably one of those like, hey, we made the playoffs, but right, like yes, you know. I, I don't think they're thinking that this is the future. We've got something here. And Russ was probably still like, come get me. Yo, I need to get back to L.A. My family, my friends. I'm out here in Washington. No, thank you. Sure. So, like, I'm sure Russ invited the deal, right? Yeah. I mean, they I mean, they said it. that yeah.
8: he, he was actually, according to multiple reports, that, you know, he was as, you know, active on the phones as LeBron was the other direction. According to, at least, think it was Roman Shelburne, Westbrook tried to get to the Clippers first. Like he, yeah, I, he I, wants he, to be in L.A. Yeah, he like, wanted to be in L.A.
7: So it, so when you think about that, and context matters in this NBA stuff,
0: but uh, w- w- there's
7: one other thing besides the, um, the Lakers.
0: Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Vredestein test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. (laughs) 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply.
5: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like in the parking lot of your kids' Pee Wee Championship game.
4: Sales event deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: Should we talk about Kyrie or no?
8: <laughs> I feel well, like Kyrie let's... generates more action on this podcast than anything else that I, we I, do.
7: I, I just, it's tough, man. So I know the dads out there have had moments with their kids where you're just so frustrated and annoyed that you just can't. You just gotta walk away because it's it, it, you just it's just it's stupid. You can't deal with this crap anymore. And every time I hear Kyrie Irving open his mouth, and complete utter nonsense, like he said on Monday something to the effect of, "Yeah, basically I turned down a hundred million dollars by because I didn't want to get vaccinated," and, and you just like kind of close your eyes you're like wait wh- wh- is this reality did did you just say that because that's not remotely factual, uh, factual not even close he just says shit he's I, I, listen I, I, I've dinged him on Instagram when people let me let, let me know that he was re crap from that Alex Jones nut job who hopefully will go to jail and rot but like I mean we're getting into conspiracy theories now is that what we're doing Kyrie, are we are we going there? I mean, it's the it's not even the preseason, and he's starting with the nonsense, and it's like I, I just I can't with this guy. I I know that sounds like a, a cheesy thing to say, but like it's just aggravating to hear the stuff that he's saying because it's so nonsensical. I, I, and I uh, this is buried deep in the pod, so hopefully some people will have tuned out by now. <laughs> but Rob, on some level. It feels like you're talking to that relative, who is like deep in the QAnon rabbit holes and just saying shit. And you just like look at them, like, oh my gosh, this is one of those guys. And then you just gotta kind of, oh yeah, sure, uh, you know, I'm gonna go get a drink. And then you get the hell out of there, and, and you can't really talk to that relative anymore. I've got a couple of those.
8: I I know a couple of people like that too. And that it's like a thousand percent.
7: Anything Kyrie's saying, i I I can't like this is this is not. Reality, Like, where are you? What planet are you living on, dude? And, and listening to him, and listen, I don't know if Kevin Durant's drinking the same uh, stuff that Kyrie is. I know they're smoking the same uh, you-know-what. But Kevin Durant, oh, I don't know, Nets fans anything. What? You have four years left on your deal, and you said, get me the hell out of here, trade me. What do you mean? How do you expect these people to cheer for you, KD? You said you were going to build something with Ky- Kyrie Irving, and at the first sign of adversity – Kyrie crazy, swept by the Celtics. You say you want to trade. What do you mean? Really? The guy who sits online all day responding to idiots and DMing everybody and their mom, and now he says, I don't know the, net, the, the fans anything? All you do is talk to fans all day on social media because you're angry with them, and you don't know them? What's going on here, Rob?
8: <laughs> well, let, let me clarify because you, know, you said that what – Kyrie said he just says stuff about his $100 million contract. Now, people might think that you're responding to the headline and just because you don't like Kyrie that you're just saying whatever he said doesn't make sense. I will defend Jason McIntyre in this situation because <laughs> wow. Kyrie Irving said verbatim, he felt like he had an ultimatum that said either you get the vaccine and we give you this four-year, $100-plus plus million contract, or you don't and we pull it. As he said, quote, an ultimatum. Well, a few minutes later, you know, after Kyrie, the buzz dies down. GM, Sean Marks takes the podium. They ask him about it. His quote, there was no ultimatum being given here. (laughs) Like he flat out denies it. Okay. (laughs) And then um, Bobby Marks, ESPN uh, salary cap guru says, well, you know, technically, yes, Kyrie turned down the opportunity for a four year, $186 million contract, which is true you know because he didn't if he would have got the max contract before or before the season last season started that's what he would have gotten but anyone who knows anything about nba salary cap and how it works you know that most times these transcendent nba stars or all-star level players they don't take the extension do you know why because you can make a whole hell of a lot more money by going into free agency and re-signing with your team afterwards to get more money. So you can either say, oh yeah, Kyrie turned down four years 187 when he could have gotten five years 240 something. It's like, oh, I think I'll go with the five year one. So Kyrie Irving thinks that because he speaks in roundabout ways and he uses big words and the way he kind of presents himself, that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room but, like those Q and; folks you talk about and that we both know, if you just take a step back and, and let them speak, you'll realize a lot of the times what they're saying doesn't make any sense
7: yeah it's, it's really sad. I'm, I'm just telling you guys a, a true story. I was so enamored with Kyrie Irving's handle back in the day back when he was on Cleveland before he went ballistic and said, "Trade me LeBron." um. And I got a Kyrie Irving jersey. I was a fan. I loved this guy as a basketball player. I mean, dude, he was ridiculous. The dribbling videos, the USA uh, video where he was like dribbling up the court against Kobe and like three other guys. I'm sure you've seen this, Rob. Absolutely. It's all over Instagram all the time. And he's doing like between the legs, behind the back spin moves, going through like Jerry Stackhouse, Kobe, like a, unbelievable stuff. It's like hypnotic. And he just went off the deep end. I would love to drill down and listen. I, I'm not saying this guy's there, but have you noticed a different Aaron Rodgers, Rob? Yes. In, in the last year, mm-hmm. I, and listen, I know Cowherd bangs on the ayahuasca, and uh, he, you know, a lot of other people are saying, "Boy, he looks like the guy who steals catalytic converters." Ha ha ha. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers went to the podium, and after the win over the Bucks. And I guess he had his hair back and he was wearing like a baggy white t-shirt. He was wearing like some crystal around his neck. And I swear, if you closed your eyes and we're not listening and you just looked up at the video and you saw no cryons on the screen with no identification of who, who it was, you would think this guy was like a C-level reality star talking about something. He just does not look like a football player at all. And... I'm not knocking him. He, but this looks like a totally different dude than we saw for like pretty much, much of most of his career. I don't know what he just doesn't look like the same guy. And there's nothing wrong with that, Rob. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying like he just is a completely different human. It appears to me. He's still a great quarterback, obviously. Um but he just he seems like a different guy, does he not?
8: Oh yeah. Like he he's on some kind of spiritual journey. Oh that well said. makes sense to him. I just don't know if it makes sense to the rest of the world. Cause you know, he's, I don't know if they fully understand where he's going. Um, the one thing I, I don't will think say, he understands. What yeah. He's, I, 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 he's kind of like a self discovery sort of thing. The one thing Which I will cool. say yeah. about, um, Aaron Rogers that, that works in his favor, that it doesn't work in Kyrie's favor is it doesn't seem like Aaron Rogers tries to get you to like, he's not trying to lead you anywhere. He's like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what, yeah. And you like it or you don't like it, it is what it is. And Kyrie, it doesn't seem to give off that vibe. Yeah. Um, either way, I can't jerky. wait for Kyrie to be a Laker. So it's all oh, good.
7: Gosh, stop it! <laughs> I, 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 I want to make some bold statement, like I will refuse to go to games if Kyrie is a Laker. And then I'm, my buddies who have tickets, like, hey Jay, we're going to. Lakers. <laughs> no, I, I'm on principle. Like, listen, uh, I have some principles, and I don't care if Kyrie's on the team. I'll definitely go. Absolutely. Uh, anyways we've gone on a little too long I did want to uh, add one other bet that I made Denver getting two in Vegas against the Owen three Rob G Raiders um Robbie would you be betting the Raiders this weekend in a must win spot
8: absolutely I'm oh betting, absolutely I'm betting all the money that I have which after that vacation is like nine dollars but I'm throwing it all down
7: Oh yeah yeah when you go to the the big baller resort in Hawaii um that's an expensive joint. Um, but you know what? You're you're rolling in the dough, so uh, you know maybe you'll you'll back. I would not back the Raiders here. I don't know. I I, I I part of me wants to think that Denver figured something out late with Russ, and I know that defense is very very good. Certain on Adams, I, I I think this is a, a good spot for Denver um, coming off the win. I'm surprised they're underdogs against a winless team. I asked Fox, and I can get all these numbers from them. Give me the trends over the last five years, the last 10 years, the last 20 years, teams that are winless at 0-3 and yet are favored against a team. I guarantee
3: you it's not often. Hopefully I'll have that answer for tomorrow's show. As for now, we're done. See you then. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.